What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Dobbs, and today we welcome you to another incredible episode here on season two. Now, this podcast is all about learning to live a life full of living by playing where your feet are, doing your best and being your best no matter what and no matter where. Here on this season two episode, we are joined by the wonderful Britton Johnson. Britton is amazing. He is not only an SEC champion, a University of Alabama alum from their men's basketball team. He's also a Samford University soon-to-be alum. He just wrapped up his playing career in March with the team, and he's still pursuing degrees. So he's wrapping up seminary school How cool is that? He's also about to start his law degree at Samford as well. Again, incredible. And he's the co-host of the Mean Street Podcast. So we love having a fellow podcaster here on the podcast with us. Today, Britton speaks on so many things. Being fresh out of his collegiate playing career, he speaks a lot on college athletics and the advice he has for those going into it or into it at the current moment, especially as a Christian. So speaking of that, he talks a lot about how to build habits in your career and in your college career in order to still grow your faith nonetheless, wherever you're at in your college experience. He also talks about how or who you should be surrounding yourself with in order to grow in college. And of course, it's in the name of the podcast. We talk about how play where your feet are relates to his life as well. Before we begin, a couple reminders for you guys. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, on TikTok, on all the platforms so you get to stay up to date with all things Play Where Your Feet Are. From merchandise to book updates to the podcast to content, speaking engagements, and so much more, y'all. Don't miss a thing. Find us on Instagram, find us on social media, and we'll make sure you stay up to date. More than that, we want to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, whether you are listening now on Apple or Spotify or any other platform or watching here on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed so you can, again, stay up to date on all of these episodes because they're pretty amazing if I say so myself. In addition to subscribing, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and drop us a quick little personal review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps the algorithm. That's the truth of it. But we also want to hear what you guys think of the podcast. So let us know there. Also online, you can check out everything with our merch. I've already mentioned it and I'm going to mention it again here because we have so much merch online that's incredible from t-shirts to sweatshirts to tote bags to sweat sets to bracelets to so many other things. You have to check it out including of course the book. My book PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are is available online for all of you guys. You can find it on Amazon or on the website. Again all of this linked in the description below. Check it out. Follow those links. Follow us there and find out everything about PWIFA in addition to, of course, the podcast you're listening to or watching right now. But y'all, we're so excited to have this conversation today. It's a good one. Can confirm that. So without further ado, let's bring on Britain. Enjoy season two, episode 12. This is the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast, and I'm your host, Cameron Dobbs. Britton Johnson, welcome to the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. 
Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Let's do this. Oh, we're so excited to have you on. I cannot wait. We've already just been talking about life and basketball and all the fun things before we started here. So, and on top of that as well, it's actually National Student Athlete Day. So what better day than to film with a fellow student athlete? So tell me, Britain, Britain, what are you up to in life right now? Fill our listeners on a little bit of the day-to-day life of Britain Johnson. Yeah, so my life has slowed down tremendously in the last few weeks. Um, finished my fifth year of playing college basketball, uh, probably the first week of May or March, that is. And now it's just kind of school. I'm a, I'm a normal student right now. So uh, it's been a blessing. I've had a couple of uh, big decisions to make regarding next year academically. And so just kind of having time to slow down and process all of it and pray through all of it was, was big for me. That's awesome. We were joking a little bit. You're getting a, a tiny bit of a taste of that NARP life, the mm-hmm. non-athletic real person. Um, of course, you, you will always be athletic, but getting a little bit of that, um, it's not its not too bad having the change of pace, is it? In the short term, no. I, I love having more free time. Um, the lack of structure will drive me crazy eventually, so I'm going to have to find a way to kind of supplement it. But for now, it's great to be able to sleep a little bit more and, and just chill, have a little more free time. Yeah, can confirm if you're anything like me, you're going to quickly go back to the fast pace all on your own. <laughs> mm, I can imagine. Yeah, I, love I, I it. need I need structure. I, I love that. it. <laughs> well, let's get into your story. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. You actually came into my life or my knowledge, I guess, in a way, because I had a friend that was doing ESPN satellite reporting for UCF basketball. And when she was doing her scouting, she heard about you, found out about you playing for Samford and being this awesome Christian guy that loved the Lord, also had a podcast, just did some really cool stuff and told me about you. And so immediately I was hooked. I was interested, looked at your stuff, followed you, found out everything you were up to. And I'm excited to learn more today. So Britton, let's just get into it. Talk to us a little bit about how in the world you got to be a Samford basketball player, an Alabama basketball player, how you are so vocal in your faith as well. Let's dive into it. Tell us a little bit of your testimony and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I mean, that's an intro that I do not deserve by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination, but I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, to, to weave basketball and my faith together, um, I think they do work hand in hand in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I come from a, a great family that it really put me in a position to succeed in both of those areas from a young age and, um, you know, always pushed me to work hard, but also, uh, you know, I was going to church every Sunday. And so little things like seeds were being planted. Um, you know, I, I'd like to say that from the age of four, I could have told you that Jesus was savior. Uh, they died on a cross for my sins. Now, what that really meant, I, I don't think I really processed it at that age, but at four, I could probably tell you that much. Um, and then him actually becoming Lord of my life probably was around 12 or 13. I don't have like one moment of boom, brought to my knees, that happened. But it's just been this process of uh, really growing a relationship with him just daily. And uh, and I really point a lot to the relationships I've built through sport and through basketball as to why I'm where, at where I'm at. Um, you know, in seventh and eighth grade, your community is going to be who you just are naturally around the most, whether it's your teammates or whatever. And um, unlike what I would consider to be the normal locker room atmosphere, uh, the guys that I was around were just really for seventh, for seventh graders, I will, you know, clarify they were, they were godly people and, and they pushed me to pursue my faith. And, um, starting in eighth grade, I, I 
met in a small group that met weekly and just gave highs and lows and and prayed for each other uh, all the way through high school. And a lot of that was my teammates, you know, so to have that community was tremendous. Um, fast forwarding through high school, I was uh, really, really lucky to be a part of a, a great program. Uh, my high school program was, was really good. Uh, my head coach in high school is actually my head coach at Sanford. So that's kind of how I ended up at Sanford. Um, but I also played with the McDonald's All-American. I uh, was a part of a couple of state title teams. Um, and so just that was a huge blessing in my life. Um, and it also kind of helped me grow my faith in a backwards way because through the success, I, I really, if there's any part of me clinging to like, hey, maybe fulfillment can come from here or there, that part of me died uh, in, the, in those moments of just realizing that true joy only comes from relationship with Christ. Um, so going to college, uh, my whole college decision process was was different than I'd say most athletes because there really was a priority on school. I walked on at Alabama. Uh, I was a preferred walk-on. Um, so I was lucky to have uh, connections and relationships that set me up to where I, I knew walking into school, I, I had a spot on the team. And uh, I started under Coach Avery Johnson, and he was he was awesome. Um, and But after the first year, he got fired, and Coach Oates came in. And uh, for people that follow college basketball and have kind of seen the rise of Alabama basketball, these last four years at Bama have been unbelievable. I missed out on this last year when they were the number one overall seed. But, um, you know, a couple of SEC titles, I was a part of one of those teams. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what, like, I think being a walk-on, going from being a, I'm not going to say a star, but a pivotal player on some really good high school teams to being like the lowest man on the totem pole, uh, it it grew me so much, um, whether that be just in humility or in just learning how to lead by serving. Um, it really pushes you out of your comfort zone. And uh, probably in the moment, I wasn't super grateful for it. But in hindsight, I'm, I'm just so grateful for that. Um, and then if I'm going to add one thing in just my faith journey, the biggest thing is the summer before I go to Alabama, you went to Miami. So I'd imagine it's pretty similar. But uh, Bama's known for being a pretty big party school. That's kind of the MO of the school. And, you know, I'm from Birmingham. I don't know if I mentioned that. So this is this is home for me. And uh, I, I so I knew all of this growing in. I was going to school with a bunch of my high school friends that were their whole ideal of why they were going there is they wanted to have a quote unquote good time. Um, and I knew that it was very black and white in regards to your faith. People either run towards it or away from it. And I wanted to be in the former of those, um, not the latter. So I, for the first time, actually sat myself down and created the habit of getting in the word daily. Um, and that has, you know, it's weird to say like exponential growth in your faith, but that has grown me in a way that I don't think anything else has um, to that level. And just daily doing that, I, I've seen just so much growth from where I was then to where I am now. And, and the main root of that is just spending time in the word. Um, so that's what I'd say kind of that is really just marked outside of just a tremendous relationships and people um, has really just marked my college journey. Um, and then after my fourth year at Alabama, uh, I just kind of had a decision that, you know, I, I'd run my course there. It wasn't like most transfer transfers where it's kind of, you know, 
they're sick of the coaches or they're sick of the program. Like I love Alabama and I love the people there. I love the coaches there. I have nothing but great things to say. I have great relationships there still, but it was one of those things where I had an opportunity to go play for my high school coach and potentially get some more playing time and, and kind of compete for playing time a little bit more. Um, and so I just thought that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. I, I took it. And then um, we'll get into this in a little bit, but uh I decided to go there. I'm looking at grad programs and I see this divinity school uh, possibility. And it was one of the things that I'd love to be, you know, be able to sit here and say, you know, on the front end, I just, I wanted to go to divinity school and the basketball worked out. I, I'm going to be honest. Like I, get, I went there for basketball 100%. But uh, in hindsight, it's one of those things that like nothing, there are very few things in my life that God has shown me that he was working and that he was using me for more than basketball than that. Like that he opened that door for me. Um, it's not because of anything I'm great at, but just having the opportunity to be the first student athlete to do both uh, at Sanford is, um, it's been a real blessing in my life. So um, I think that's about where I'm at now. And now I'm done with basketball. So moving on to the real world, I guess. Oh my goodness, Britton. How cool about seminary, about your story. I love personally how intentional you were going into college, how you said that you sat down yourself and were just like, all right, I am building this habit now of getting into my word daily. You have already said that out of everything that's kind of been like your exponential growth that has really gotten you so far in your faith. So I want to know now, you know, you made that habit before you started college. What was it like going through college as a college athlete and a Christian? You know, where, where did you create other habits of whether it's surrounding yourself? I know you've been involved in FCA as well. You know, what, what other things did you feel like your faith was able to be acted out in in college? Because I know it's not easy at any school, um, and especially as a college athlete, not only with the scenario that we're in, but also just the fact that you're busy a lot of Sundays. It's not easy to always go to church. So just talk to me a little bit about, you know, practicing your faith so heavily while also being in college as a college athlete. Well, I'll say, you know, I can't speak for every college. Um, I know that in Tuscaloosa, probably at, at Miami, I'd imagine it basically every big school, even at, you know, Sanford, because they're such a faith focus. Um, yes, there are way more opportunities to make uh, decisions of all kinds. There were so many ministry opportunities. Like, it's such a rare time in someone's life where, um, you know, I, I look back at my sophomore year and I was really dumb. And so I decided to like every night of the week fill it up with a ministry thing or something. You I quickly kind of you got were really out. dumb. You were really dumb for filling it up. <laughs> Not for filling it up, but for for overdoing. For making the schedule. Uh, right, <laughs> just because I, I realized I have limits, and maybe I needed that experience to realize my limits with it. Um, and whether it be you know that that semester it definitely came at the expense of my grades to an extent. Um, but I, I'll say like. First of all, I found a tremendous home church, uh, Capstone Church in Tuscaloosa is awesome. Um, I was super blessed by the, um, the church, by Pastor Jeremy uh, Burridge, who's who's phenomenal. And uh, I just had amazing mentors. Uh, I, you know, Coach Oates came in and he brought a guy, uh, Arnie Guin, with him to be the culture coach. Um, and he was at that time a former pastor of multiple churches, is now a pastor. Again, he left Alabama to go pastor church in Colorado. Um, and so like I was in a super rare opportunity where I had somebody on my staff that was a pastor and, um, you know, he led me in Bible studies. He, uh, 
he just really discipled me. And I could say the same about Scotty Hollins, who was our team chaplain. Like I could go down the line. Um, so as much as like, oh, what did you do that made this happen? It's like so many people have just poured into me. Um, I've been incredibly blessed. I'm just really the result of the discipling of a bunch of different people. And uh, even as that, I'm a, I'm a pretty bad result at times. But uh, it's one of those things that uh, I, I think just finding, you know, there's that phrase that uh, I'm going to completely screw it up now, but the, the five people that are closest to you are going to define you. Um, and I think it's so true. You're just building good relationships. Um, and I'm not saying every person you encounter and have a relationship with has to be a just amazing Christ follower. I think, you know, playing on a college sports team, uh, I'm sure the volleyball team at BU, I'm not putting them down. I doubt they're all Christians. I know at Alabama, the locker room wasn't always a bunch of Christ following dudes, love every single person in there to death. But all is to say, when it comes to your core people, um, they, they gotta be solid believers. Um, because as long as the people around you are walking in a way that you want to walk, you're going to continue to walk in that way. And if you stop, you know, kind of start to move us, walk astray or uh, move away from your faith in some way, if, if they're real friends, which uh, Christ following people tend to be, they'll, they'll pull you back on the right track. Well, how cool. I love how you're talking about the importance of people around you. You mentioned that quote. I always think of the quote, which I, th I think there's two of them. So I'm not saying you butchered it, but another yeah. one does say like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And I yeah, think yeah. that's so important. Just start surrounding yourself in a circle of good people, of people that will lift you up, of people that will challenge you, that will push you forward, that will call you out, you know, whatever it may be. There's, there's people that can love you, but tough love is also a thing too. So I think it's awesome that you were just always surrounded, whether it was the teammates you had, the chaplains, the coaches, whoever it was, it sounds like you were surrounded so, so well. And it's been, you know, you have been an example. You have been the product of all of that. And just little things, you know, that I'm seeing from afar. Well, one, a sideline reporter noticed that you were Christian. So that's a, a little pat <laughs> on your back. Um, but you do, of course, have things in your bio, too. So I'm just the curious journalist in me is you have a couple things in your bio. You have but God and you have Ephesians 2, 4 through 5. Is there a story behind yeah. either of those being in the bio? Um, well, you know, they're obviously one and the same. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm just bad at putting bios together because I just <laughs> put the same thing twice, basically. But um, yeah, I, I don't know that there's a story so much as just I think Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 is one of the best um, summations of the gospel you're going to see. Um, and, and but God, uh, I, I, I studied Ephesians this summer, so I, I'm really passionate about that, that particular letter. And uh, I, I just think it's amazing, you know, but is usually like a really not great word. It usually is a, something that's a demerit of sorts. You know, it takes something good and it takes away from it in some way. Um, but in the New Testament specifically, but is one of the most glorious words. If you look at what it really is, especially if you add God as the second word after it, because it's usually something that we are really screwed up at, you know, whether it be our depravity, our sin, whatever. But God um, and how he, it, it, instead of being a demerit, it adds his merit in a backwards way. It cancels out our demerit with his merit. And so um, I could get all, you know, I could get into that further and just how, um, but God being rich in mercy, he, he talks about like following that up. It's not, oh, what did God do? It's who is God? His motivation for saving us wasn't based in something that he did, although it was. 
but his his character is so consistent with his actions that it's based in his character. So when we're looking at uh, why did he save us, it's not because of some external motivation. Um, it's because of his heart. You know, grace flows deep from within the heart of God. And so um, that's not something I know a lot of times people try to uh, look at the wrath of God or whatever and and say, look, like this grace thing seems to be kind of counterintuitive to that. But I would counter by saying grace is part of the character of God. Wrath is just a result of the judgment of God. Those are two different things. Um, and so God's natural bend is towards grace and towards mercy. And so, um, yeah, I, I could speak on that a little bit more, but I just, I love how uh, the word but is used throughout the New Testament. And I kind of, it's one of those things I almost circle it every time I see it because I'm like, something good's about to come here usually. Uh, whereas, you know, if I'm hearing a description of me and I hear but, <laughs> it's not great. I, I prefer to hear and, you know, so, um, but usually doesn't mean something great. It means something great usually in the New Testament. Wow, that's a good word right there. So much. It's funny you say how but versus and too, as I did my minors in marketing and advertising, and we actually went through a little sequence one day talking about the differences of using but and and in advertising. So it's such a thing how it totally shifts your perspective, the positivity of the statement, whatever it might be. But man in the Bible, but God is so, so powerful. I actually talk about that in a whole chapter of my book called Plot Twists and Happy Endings. And it's all about saying how God is like the king of plot twists. I mean, Jesus Christ dying on a cross and then being raised three days later. That's the biggest and best ESPN 30 for 30 that you could ever uh, find. Sure. I mean, no one can fight me on that, I swear. Sure. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just so incredible. And I, and I think that's so much of my story too, how you know, I had three brain injuries back to back to back. I've now had five total. And my life could have so easily just gone to absolutely nothing. And the devil tried to take it there. You know, my parents questioned whether I'd ever be a fully functioning human being ever again. But God, but God huh. redeemed my story. But God healed me. But God made my life even better than I could ever ask for or imagine. Though it looks different. I always, whenever I tell my story, I say so much of Proverbs 2119, I believe, is the verse, which is many are the plans, or 1921. Sorry, I flipped it. I blame that on the five concussions there. <laughs> Proverbs 1921, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And he is just going to flip it all and make a victory out of everything every single time, working for the good of those who love him, of course, as the Bible says. But Britain, I mean, my goodness, two different schools, a big story, lots of faith involved. Looking back at your career, because you're fresh out of it, too. I'm sure you've been processing. I'm sure you've been thinking a lot these past days. You've said this little pause has helped a little in terms of future decisions you might be banking. But just reflecting on your career as a college athlete, you know, what are you taking from it? What, what do you feel like you've learned? Some things that you're really um, appreciative as your time. Yeah, that's, that's a super broad question that I could attack. Go in a anywhere, of ways. anywhere um, and everywhere. Because I could start at the most basic level and just say, you know, for me, being an athlete taught me discipline in a way I would never know otherwise. Um, and I mean, you know, that's just the day to day discipline. Like you said, like, I think we we are to start. I don't know if we're always wired this way or we become wired this way, but just to thrive in structured environments um, and to kind of seek after structured environments um but I could go to how I've just learned how incredibly relational life is 
And, you know, I think I could learn the same thing just from reading the word of God, but to see it practically through sport. Um, because when you celebrate the wins and losses with people, um, you, first of all, you wear it, you wear it either way. And um, you really, you really love the people around you. And, and it's weird because I, I was trying to describe it to people uh, a week or two ago and just how being a part of a team is just so unique. Like I couldn't, I can't tally up to any other relationships I've had. Um, my relationships with my best friends are different than my relationships with my teammates. Um, and I don't think it's like, a, it's not like a coworker thing. It's, it's just, you're so united in a cause and just kind of, um, but, you know, obviously we as the body of Christ, if I'm going to turn it that way are, are similar. Um, so, I, you know, I could get into that and that could, I, I, I wouldn't be who I am today without college basketball, um, specifically looking at the last five years. Um, and that's not to say, oh, like, because it's really cool or it's really, it's, it's probably the opposite. It's like the low moments that, that really grow you. Um, I really believe you can't grow unless you're pushed outside of your comfort zone and playing college sports, uh, balancing sports and academics and a social life and trying to encompass your spiritual life and all of it. Um, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, and that's not to say that if you're not a college athlete, like, oh, you'll never know what I walked through. Um, Cause I know a lot of people who are far busier than I am and work far harder than I do that have never played a sport. Um, but I, I just know in my experience, uh, if I hadn't had this experience uh, for a number of reasons, we talked about humility. We talked, I, you know, I could talk about how, uh, in, in a way I've grown in confidence and those seem to conflict with one another. But um, then you look at Jesus and he was the most humble person ever and the most confident person ever. And so like there's there's truth in that. Now, uh, I, I haven't grown, I think, fully in either. And I'm definitely not a finished product. But I look back at what I who I was five years ago and who I am now. Um, and I think if I were to just look at the growth a lot of it's due to this experience I had playing college sports and it's something I'll cherish forever. Um, luckily, I think this time around. So uh, after my junior year, um, I graduated. I was planning on starting law school in the fall and I got like a week out from the season. We had, we had a great season. We won the SEC, went on a Sweet 16 run. Um, it was the COVID year, so it was a little messy, but otherwise just a phenomenal year. We got like a uh, a week out and I just like was getting eaten up about it I was like I, I can't quit yet I need another year so I came back for my fourth year and uh you know it was a great year for a num number of other reasons and get to the end of that year and uh then I'm like oh man I think I got one more in me I need to go play for my high school coach and do this and so finally I think the Lord's given me a sense of contentment that uh, all good things must come to an end and that, uh, you know, something to be so stressed is that your identity doesn't lie in, in your sport. Um, and I think I've learned that as well. I think I learned that in high school mainly, but like there are some days, especially as a walk-on, like respect to the walk-ons that the life's a little different. Um, you know, I, I, my senior year, I guess this year would be my super senior. So my fourth year, um, I was, I was blessed enough to, and, and, you know, it's partially because I have such a great relationship with coach and we've just built trust over time. 
actually be put in a position to play for a few games in real real minutes and like that was such a crowning achievement for my athletic career and I look in like relation to guys that are and and I'm not shooting them down and saying this some guys are just incredibly talented and work incredibly hard and then they're frustrated they don't play they only play eight minutes and I'm like I played three and that was like the greatest thing ever um so I I just think I'm more of who I am today because of sport um in so many ways it's hard to like put it into the right words but um it's kind of like you know it's it's the fruit of the spirit not necessarily the fruits and so you know the the individual fruit so it's like you you, they give you characteristics but it's really just the spirit maturing in you and I'm not saying that that is a direct correlation for me but it's this idea that um it's this one thing of maturity and I could point to different characteristics but it's really just I think the Lord's matured me in a number of ways through the sport. Well, I can tell that you go to seminary because you are so wise. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I'm loving all of this so much. So much wisdom, seriously, in every single bit of this. And I love that the scripture you bring out of it as well. And one thing that always hits me, too, whenever people talk about going out of your comfort zone, that's a huge thing that I... I'm so passionate about. I'm 1000% a go-getter. I'm very confident. I'm a huge people person. I'm so outgoing. Like I am an extrovert through and through to the T. And one of my favorite classes and favorite professors at the University of Miami, the class's name was sports reporting. So shocker that I loved that class. And then the (laughs) professor's name was Michelle Kaufman. And Michelle is a very well-known reporter, writer here in Miami, but even renowned in the entire world too. She's covered like 14 Olympic games, like six world cups. I mean, you name it, it's crazy. And the first day of class, she walked into our classroom holding all of her credentials in her hands and just like plopped them down on the table and just looked at us and said, this is why I can teach this class. And we were all like, oh, shooties, like, okay, dang, this girl is legit. Little bit of intimidation, (laughs) um, but quite inspired. But I'll tell you, the biggest takeaway that I took from that sports reporting class was this one quote she said, and she said that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And that quote is now in my book. It's now in my book. I use it all the time. I write it everywhere. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And it's so, so true. So just like you said, I think college athletics, the college life in general, just growing up and adulting, it all puts you so much at that edge of your comfort zone. But when you have that confidence to take that further step out of it, I think great things happen. And I think you can say that as well. Um, but my goodness, what a cool career you've had so far and so much to learn from it. You mentioned some things that you've learned personally that maybe you've told yourself. So what would be something that you think looking back or even in today's day and age, looking at a freshman who's now about to come on the team at Alabama or now about to come on the team at Samford, what would be something that you would tell them about to start their college career in athletics? The, the first thing, and, and I think I've kind of harped on this a little bit, is um find great community both within your team and outside of it. Um, I think a lot of guys, and you're seeing it with the transfer portal these days, um, they make the mistake of choosing a school solely for their sport. Um, And if their sport falls apart, if they have an injury, if something bad happens, their whole world is shattered. Um, I think these colleges are trying to set you up for success the best they can, not just in sport. And uh, I know for me, I, I don't know if this is the case for everybody. You know, I was so blessed in that 
Alabama, Sanford, wherever, um, just had amazing people. And, you know, I'm not saying every single person on the whole campus is someone I would uh, vibe with, but for the most part, uh, the people I, I was able to put myself around and that were easily accessible um, were, were awesome people. So find community. Um, I, I think I stressed it earlier, but getting the word of God, if you want to be a strong believer in college uh, and just let God water that and, and grow you like it, it's amazing what will happen if you just spend 15, 30 minutes a day in the word, um, studying it um, and, and just praying that the Lord gives you hunger for it. Because after a while, it, it really does become this this habit and you like feel a little off if you don't get into the word. And I'm not saying that's necessarily even a good thing because the Lord loves you just as much on the days where you don't, you know, don't read or don't study. Um, but I would say that's the second thing. And then um if I were to add a third is just work hard, but also find a good balance, like work really hard. Um, but some people, maybe it's good for them to not have much of a social life. I know um, maybe they had a little too wild of a high school experience and they're at too much of a party school. Maybe they need to shut it down. I respect those people. I, I know that you can be social without making bad decisions. Um, and whether it's, I could be speaking to a complete non-student athlete in this um and if someone who's just wired to work incredibly hard maybe they're a chemical engineering major and they have just so much homework all the time um or maybe they're pre-med and they're trying to they have to get four two in order to think they can get into the school they want and i'm not saying that you need to sacrifice your grades i'm saying that uh i know from my point of view i look back on my favorite memories of college and a couple of them do have to do with basketball and a couple of them do have to do maybe with academics, probably not, but academic success. But uh, most of them have to do with people and, and just times you really just are intentional with them and just quality time with friends. And uh, those are the times I don't think you'll ever regret. So I know that was kind of a, a just all over the place answer, but I hope there was there's something in there. Oh, I loved every single bit of it. I want to go off of every single bit of it too, but it's so true. I mean, and I love the fact that this podcast, the brand that I have, everything that I do is called Play Where Your Feet Are because there's a lot of, you know, play as an athlete. So we think of, all right, play, perform, push yourself, challenge yourself, work hard, all the, all the tough, like grinding parts of that word. But also it's the word play. And if you look back to when you were playing on a playground as a three-year-old or playing in PE or playing with your friends, whatever it might be, that is such a joyful word. And it's play where your feet are. And so whether it's, you know, studying for an exam at 3 a.m. the week before you take it or the day before you take it, the night before you take it, (laughs) or it is simply just goofing off on a bus on the way to a tournament or to the hotel, whatever it might be, or it is finding rest and not thinking about performance, not thinking about academics, but actually finding time to play in your schedule and having that intentionality to it. You know, I'm one of those people that I love Google Calendar. I love my agenda. I am very strict with my, like everything that I do. And it might be on the little extreme side, but 
I will literally schedule my fun. So I, I can look at my calendar and in two weeks from now, we don't have a baseball weekend, but I'm going to be here in Miami. I won't be traveling. And I literally wrote on it like that Saturday beach. I'm like, I need to have a beach day. I need to go enjoy myself. I need to have some fun. I am blocking off this day for the beach. And the same thing is with playing where your feet are. That's what it's all about. It's doing your best and being your best no matter what, no matter where. And if you look at just that from a performance standpoint and you want to only focus on the performance of it, you can't always perform well if you're not being first poured into with rest and community and joy because you want to pour those things out when you are giving your best. You know, the Bible says to do things as if you're working for the Lord and not for man. If we want to do everything, like my pastor here in Miami, he's like, Christians should be the best at everything, everything in this world. If we're going to do our best as if we're working for the Lord and not for man, we should be the CEOs of every single company. We should be the best athletes, like whatever it might be. Christians should be in the top premiere of people in everything because we should be working for the Lord. We should be doing everything with excellence, no matter what it is, no matter how big, small, whatever it might be, and finding that joy while we do it. Because that's, I think, I mean, you can probably relate to this as well. I think that's how we are noticed most as Christians, as being different in this atmosphere, is the attitudes that we have. You know, it's it's showcasing joy. It's not yelling at your teammates. It's not cussing each other out. It's how we behave, how we act, and the attitudes we have towards each other. I think that's what really stands us out in the experiences we have, especially in the college atmosphere, whether it's, like you said, whether you're a college athlete or not. Um, but looking back on your college atmosphere and experience as well, little quick hitters here too. Talk to me. What's your favorite memory while being a college basketball player? If you want to make it easier, you can split it up between Bama and Sanford. Yeah, uh, I'll take you up on that um, <laughs> just so we can keep both parties happy. Uh, the, the Bama one is easy. Um, yeah, I, I talked about the individual moment uh, last year of getting to play in a couple of games, but but nothing compares to uh, when we won the SEC tournament. We had won the SEC regular season, and I remember um, telling people, "Oh, well, this is a this is a bigger accomplishment than the tournament because it's over 18 games, and and you prove you're the best over this course of time." And then we won the tournament, and I was like, "No, nah, I was wrong. I was I was that was dumb on me. This is the coolest thing ever." Um, it was an incredible feeling. We Alabama hadn't won. Um, obviously, it's known for its football success and its success in you know gymnastics, softball, whatever, and number of sports. Uh, luckily, but uh, basketball. While we have you know a lot of wins over our history, we hadn't won an SEC SEC tournament in like thirty years. So, getting to be a part of the team that I can really say like we turned it around. Uh, you know, it was so huge, and um, I. I I probably overthink on like legacy stuff, not for individual purposes, but just because I think it's it's cool to think outside of just the bounds of a year. Um, and to know that hopefully, I'm hoping Coach Oates is there for, for 30 years and has a couple of national titles by the end of this run. And, and that can be the, the team that's looked at. It's kind of the team that started it. Um, and, and I was just really fortunate and blessed to be a part of that team. Uh, a, a lot of great dudes, a lot of great players. Herb Jones on that team. Uh, you know, he's phenomenal. He's playing on the Pelicans now. Um, a couple other guys that are uh, pro players that are just uh, studs. Uh, I could get into that team all day. I love that team. Uh, and then for Sanford, um, you know, we were really fortunate uh, in how the season ended. And we ended up being co-regular season champions. Uh, we didn't get to really celebrate it because we lost our last game of the regular season which is a bummer. It was in front of a sellout crowd, though, which is unbelievable. 
Um, so I'd either say just getting to be a part of that moment, uh, my third senior day, <laughs> which is, you know, I, I joke, I, I joke with people that when you get to your third senior day, it's probably time to wrap it up. Um, so that was probably my, uh, calling, uh, you know, that was the fat lady singing right there. But, uh, um, but I'd say we played UNCG earlier on in to play. We had started the year off hot. Um, six and zero regular season, and then we lost like seven straight games going into conference play. Um, we just couldn't really figure things out. We were playing kind of sluggish. We just we were really beaten up. We had lost a couple of players to injury. Um, we lost back to back overtime games to DePaul and UCF, which would have been like huge wins for the program. And uh, so we lose those, and, and we go into regular season or conference play. And we win the first three and we play UNCG, which who was also three and oh. And there were really three teams, including us, that were kind of the projected to be top of the league. And uh we went into UNCG and got a win. We started off league play eight and oh and finished fifteen and three. So um, you know, in both instances I could I could point to basketball things, but it's so much easier to point to relationships formed and built um that I'm I'm so grateful for. Okay, well then, on that note, what's your favorite off the court memory from your years? I'll tell you what. Um, it's it's tough to pull out like individual ones. I know at Alabama we used to always we used to always joke. So we do. I don't know how y'all did it. We did pregame meal four hours before game, and then we stayed in the facility for home games. So like we would stay in the facility until tip and, you know, so for two, two and a half hours, we're, we're really just chilling. And um, so we'd be in the locker room and we would just be cracking jokes. Um, the, the, some of the funniest conversations, like I'd be like crying, laughing at some of those conversations. So uh, I'd say that. And then this year uh, with the bus trips, you have, you'd have some long trips and uh, you get really close to the people around you. Uh, I think either you get on their uh, wits end or you really just kind of make memories on those trips. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, the whatever it was, nine-hour bus ride to BMI um, and, and getting a 30-point win there and getting to come back. Because if we had lost that, that would have been the worst ride home ever. Uh, but just, like, you get to a point in the bus ride where everybody's just so tired and, you know, everybody's got their blanket and stuff. But we'd get, like, Sour Patch Kids and just start throwing it around at people and, it just, it's like stupid stuff like that. That's the thing about being a part of a team. It's like, it's like little stupid stuff like that, where if I told a normal person that they'd be like, how, like, that was fun. There was no way you had fun doing that. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And like, like that would be a 10 year old thing to do. And, but, but within the, the locker room setting, it's like this dumb things that you do with your teammates that are just so fun and, and so funny. And, and so those are things I think I'll, I'll miss and that I cherish. No, for sure. I, I look back at my career, too, and I think of back to, you know, our same thing, our trips here and there, the things we did, um, leaving people on the side of the road after the restaurant, just as a joke, like driving away in the parking lot. I think of my one of my teammates and I, we learned the Michael Jackson thriller dance and we performed it for <laughs> Halloween one year. That's awesome. Pretty sure it's on YouTube somewhere. Awesome. You can probably look it up. <laughs> Exposing myself there. Um, we also took like we got scary mask and like did a whole vlog on like scaring people in the athletic department. Again, just dumb things. Pumpkin patches on road trips. Um, we had two of our teammates outside of the pumpkin or sorry, outside of the corn maze. 
And they were like leading us in all the wrong directions. And we were just stressfully making it through this corn maze. So many different things off the field, off the court, whatever it might be in sports, I feel like are always those memories that stick so much. Um, granted, of course, the wins on the court, those memories definitely stick around too. And the losses, you remember those too. Um, mm. But I mean, overall, just I agree with you. I think sports was one of the coolest things ever. There's a reason why. I have left the sport playing, but I immediately jumped into coaching. I jumped into ACC Network color commentating. I'm now a sports reporter. I'm an in-game host. You know, I, I'm never leaving the sports world, and I love it so much. And I love, too, how Play We Refute are, in my efforts at least, the choice that I make really combines sports and ministry at such an obvious level. And we're able to talk so much about combining the two of them and how how in the world did faith have a factor in your play as well on the court and how it grew you on and off the court too. So as we have been just reflecting on your career, reflecting on your time, um, talking about what you're doing now and everything as well, what do you think Play Where Your Feet Are means to you? To Britton Johnson, what does Play Where Your, play where your Feet Are mean? The, the answer, the only answer I could think of is just being incredibly present um, in whatever you do. Um, because I know for the college athlete, for the high school athlete, um, there are days you walk into practice and you're like, I just don't want to be here right now. There are days you wake up and, and it's a Tuesday and you have like, a terrible week of all season workouts and you're like, can I just get to Friday? Um, and that's, you know, in one of my classes, uh, this semester, every day we start with Psalm 118, 24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Super basic, but it's, there's so much truth that is just really rich in that. I remember, uh, before every practice, uh, really this year and last year, I got to a point where I would like pray for, for joy and for God to remind me how much I love this game, um, which might sound super negative, like, oh, so you're saying you didn't have it authentic, like naturally, and I'd probably respond with no, like I didn't always have it naturally. Some days I did, some days I didn't. Um, but just, you know, I think almost everybody that's playing college sports had a point in time when they were young, when like all they wanted to do was that sport. Like their dream was probably to play that sport at the college or pro level and you get there and there don't get me wrong there are some days where it's like this is exactly what this lived up to the billing it's unbelievable uh, and there are some days where it's just you're just trying to grind through to the next day and um so just being incredibly present where you are because um like you kind of were saying earlier like you're such whether or not you recognize it you're such an ambassador for Christ in your locker room and in whatever setting you're in, in class and wherever. And um, people are looking to you, whether or not you recognize it. And so I think as Christians, it is our joy that, that sets us apart. Um, it is our purpose that sets us apart. And um, I think just being present in every situation, knowing that it's a gift that you're there and just kind of remembering the blessing that it is and, and the love you have for the game maybe not the love you have for class, but, you know, the, the purpose you have in class, um, whatever, uh, I think that really helps you be Christ-like in that way. For sure. And Play Where Your Feet Are so much is about understanding that in every position you're in, you have purpose and you have impact. And part of that is almost, 
you know, it's it feels a little bit of pressure. It's like, oh my goodness, in every position I'm in, I have purpose and impact. That means I have to go after it. Like we we do have a responsibility as children of God. But I mean, Jesus never said this would be easy. He said in this life we will have trouble. And even if, if it's at the very least, just always kind of being on or even when we're off, acknowledging that because that's okay too. We can give ourselves grace. You already mentioned grace at the very beginning of this podcast anyway. Um, and that's such a real thing. But I think it's so cool how we can take advantage of every single situation we're in. I even think back to, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, we had a midweek game. We were playing, I think, FAU down here in Miami for baseball, and we had a rain delay. And so we were all just like hiding under the bleachers. We had our interns around us and stuff, our in-game presentation people. And, you know, we're talking about random things, mascot stuff, in-game press stuff, talking about our next hits, what we're going to shift around because we're playing on turf and we're not going to do dizzy bat race on the turf, on the wet turf and all this kind of stuff like that. But I had two kids that were just mesmerized with my mic that I was holding and just wanted to say something. And I would, you know, stick it in their face and let them talk into it. And it's off. The audio's not on. Like, nothing's going to happen. But they were just so mesmerized with this mic. And they would, you know, ask me questions and talk to me. And one kid was wearing socks with reindeers on it. So we started talking about Christmas and what he had on his list this year and just, like, all this random stuff. And, you know, I'm just living my best life. I already told you I'm super outgoing. So I'm going to talk to a wall if I have to in this rain delay but we go through we have fun whatever I get back to my actual job of doing in-game presentation and hosting this baseball game but the next day I get the sports information director comes into my office and he's like Cam I got this incredible email about how you were like so kind and apparently you made these kids life yesterday and so it was the dad he ended up emailing into the SID saying his kids were just so excited to be at the game and they want to come back and it's you know because of a big interaction they had with me during the rain delay. And it's even just moments like that. You know, my job is to be the in-game host. And so I'm paused on my job. We are in a rain delay. I have no responsibility to talk to anyone. I could be up in the press box hiding away, whatever it might be. But just having the opportunity to love on these kids in a way, have fun with them, joke around. It's things like that, which is so much about playing where your feet are and brings back in the play of it because it's having this joy in this circumstance where it is literally raining on our parade of this ball game, not doing what we want to do. We want to do our in-game stuff and it's just not happening. But again, just taking advantage, being present present, and enjoying those moments, good, bad, or ugly that you're in. And it, that's where you're going to make an impact when you have that attitude shift that might be different than what someone else might have in that same circumstance. You know, just to add to that, um, I remember one time my junior year, uh, because I remember the first time I went into the practice gym at Alabama, especially growing up a big Alabama fan, like I was like, this is amazing. This is like surreal for me to be here. And, uh, my junior year by that point in time it's whatever I did that's it's where you practice every day you know like I don't think twice about it and you're like I'm over I it took, yeah, for sure one night I, I took one of my friends in to just like shoot hang out whatever and he was like mesmerized he was mesmerized by the practice gym and it was just such a reminder of like I was there too and also like this this is that amazing of an opportunity and I don't want to lose sight of that you know I love it. Now, thinking now of those who are listening to this podcast and wondering or thinking to themselves, like, who is this Britton Johnson guy? And I want to be just like him because everything you're saying is, in fact, incredible. So now that they're all following you on Instagram, figuring out who you are, what you do and all the good stuff, what advice do you have for those people people who are saying, I want to play where my feet are, too, just like Britton does? 
but I don't know quite where to start or how to do it. What advice would you have for people wanting to play where their feet are, but curious on how to do just that? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd start with, I think every person needs to have some recognition of like, they have to know themselves a little bit. So like you said, you're extremely extroverted. Um, I, on the other hand, I'm a pretty introverted person. And so like, I know that if I have a really long day, I need to withdraw and I need to find time to spend in the word of God. Like that, that needs to happen for me um, because I'm going to have a really hard time being super present and being super joyful and being a great friend and being a great teammate if I don't have that time. And if I don't especially have that time in the word um, or just in prayer or in worship or whatever, like everybody's a little different, but um, so you need to, I think every person in order to, there is like, there is this preparation part, which sounds really backwards because it's like, how can I be present, but also be preparing to be present. But um, on a daily basis, like building good habits and um, just, just what, I think every person's different on that, but whether it's like, hey, on my five minute drive to practice every day, I need to jam worship music and just pray a little bit, or, you know, I need to spend 15 minutes on the version app, or just if, if you're a real big time person, you can get the physical Bible and whip it open and uh, maybe read in that and, and study. I know I like to, I, I like, I actually have a stack of composition books right there. That's literally like my, you know, I read and I, whatever main verses I want to take out of it, whatever main points I want to take out, I, I just write. And, um, you know, I could talk about how, from a worldly standpoint, there's just so much data backing, writing stuff that you read, um, or just, you know, whatever you want to do with that. But I, I know that's helped me as well. So I don't, every person's different, every person's unique. And, and so um, I'd say what your preparation is probably is unique to you. So you need to know yourself, but, um, you know, keeping your focus on God and kind of letting everything flow from that. And that's, that's the goal. That's the key to staying present. Amen to that. And it's playing where your feet are. And that's the part where you can emphasize there too. It's, it's where your feet are, what you need to do for yourself to be right, to be, to be your best and do your best, no matter what, no matter where, that's exactly what play where your feet are is all about. So understanding first, you know, where are my feet, not where are Britain, Britain's feet, not where Sally's feet, Susie's feet, whoever it is, but where are my feet? You know, comparison is the thief of joy. So knowing first where I stand, what I can do with my abilities, how much I need to be filled in before I can pour out and then going from there to make that impact, to find that purpose in any position you're in. Britton, so, so good. Such a good word. Um, you mentioned this earlier, and I, I know it's all about being present. I know it's all about playing where your feet are. But you did mention prepare as well. So I'm just curious, you know, what is the future looking like for you? You mentioned you have some kind of big decisions about academics and things. You mentioned law earlier. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. You're in seminary. Tell us, what does the future hold for you? Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to be going to law school at Sanford. It's called Cumberland School of Law. Um, and I'll hopefully now that I'm a year into this program with Beeson, be able to do a dual degree. So I get uh, both my JD and my MATS, which is the Master of Arts and Theological Studies. Sounds super fancy. Isn't that fancy? Um, so I've just been incredibly blessed and, and put in great positions. So I'm really excited about, you know, my future and, and staying in Birmingham and getting to build on relationships. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly blessed and excited. But, uh, but yeah, beyond that, I don't know. I'm putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, 
I, I love to work in sports. That's kind of my passion uh, outside of my faith. And because um, I don't really feel called a full-time employed ministry right now, I, I'd love to do something in the sports world. But again, just one step at a time. Uh, I know what I got now for next fall, and I'm just going to get from there. from there. And just play where your feet are. That's it. That's it. <laughs> we love to see it. We love to see it. Well, Britton, I just want to thank you so, so much again for hopping on the podcast with us. Before you go, though, first and foremost, because we didn't even talk about this, I feel like we should throw this in here, is you also have a podcast. So go ahead, plug your podcast. What is your podcast name? What is it about? Give us a, give us a little snippet about that. Okay, yeah, I'm going to be perfectly honest. It, it's fairly niche. So if there are, you know, any Alabama or Sanford basketball fans or sports fans in general or just want to hear about Alabama or Sanford sports, uh, it's the Mean Streets Mean Streets podcast. Uh, I do it with a co-host, William Galloway. He's terrific. Um, he's really the one that he did a podcast before, and I just kind of joined in on it. Um, but it's been it's been a lot of fun. We we talk especially about Alabama basketball. I've gotten in a little bit of trouble for downing Auburn football before. Uh, I guess now that I'm not an athlete anymore, I, I don't have to worry about my SID breathing down my throat or breathing down my neck. But uh, uh, so yeah, we've had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, we're hoping to continue to do that in the coming years. But it, we just kind of sporadically release episodes, especially throughout basketball season um so yeah mean streets podcast if if y'all want to listen love it we love a podcaster on the podcast with us that's it's always a great thing it's the best when you know you guys when they're watching on youtube you can see and spotify too you can see it's the best when they come with a mic that's when you know it's going to be good. When they come with their own mic prepared, he's got the headphones in, like, oh, clutch. Yeah, I had I had my beats and they were dead. I haven't used them in so long, so I decided to go AirPods, but it's worked out perfectly today. All good. AirPods are always a, gr- yeah. a great <laughs> solution there. Well, Britton, just because you're leaving the podcast today doesn't mean we want you to leave the lives of all of our listeners. So tell us now, how can we stay caught up with you and everything that you're doing? This is where plug your socials. You already plugged the podcast. <laughs> Whatever you got, how can we stay in touch with Britton Johnson? Oh, man, this is my first time ever plugging socials. That's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird feeling. Yeah, it's just Britton Johnson, B-R-I-T-T-O-N, and then Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N. No spaces, no periods, no nothing um, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so that'd be the main place you can follow me. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not going to pretend that I just have incredible content. I try to uh, keep my stories pretty updated and, um Every once in a while, I'll, I'll get a hold of a good nugget now that it's my own and, and maybe repost it. So if you're any piece interested in that or want to follow my law school journey, which probably all of any person that was interested is no longer interested. <laughs> After I said law school, you just lost totally them there. Understand. Lost them. And that's fine. But uh, but yeah, just feel free to follow. And uh, I'm known to give a good follow back. So, yeah. A simple man. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, I will say Lincoln Lawyer is one of my top favorite movies of all time. So you <laughs> got me. It. Is that you a must? Me. You haven't seen it? Is that a must? I haven't seen it, no. It's incredible. Well, I don't want to be a lawyer. So it, it's like the True. whole deal. Yeah, it's a whole deal. Going to law school and not wanting to practice law, it, it's a tough one to explain away. But uh, we have fun. So three more years of school and then I got to figure stuff out. <laughs> You're just stalling till then. That's that's the real purpose. That's what- that's what people don't understand. They, they think I'm trying to like build these accomplishments up. And it's like, no, I just I don't want to be an adult quite yet. I want to push this thing back as long as I can. Um, and I've succeeded. So 
I'm five years in, I'll be eight years in by the end of this thing. Uh, so really the full college experience. So I can relate. Fully, I can relate. I, I, have, yeah. I still haven't left my school technically. So <laughs> I still feel a little bit like I'm still an athlete, still like I'm in it. My office is right around the corner from my college coach's office. So I see them every That's single awesome. day. Like I'll stop by and watch volleyball practice every couple of weeks. Um, so awesome. yes, stay, stay in it as long as you can because it's so fun and it never gets old. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, growing up in Alabama, uh, specifically, I feel like there's just a, a different, maybe not with basketball, but just a, just such a passion for college sports. And, uh, you know, like I, I tell people, um, you know, people that probably grow up in it, like you grew up in Atlanta, maybe with volleyball, it's a little different because, you know, the professionals are just like maybe a little less glamorous, but college volleyball is a huge deal. Um, but I know that like a lot of people that play basketball, probably from Atlanta, probably, I want to go to the league, whatever. I was like, I want to go play college basketball. I like, you know, I want to go play in Coleman Coliseum. And so uh, just, I, I'm just a kid that's been so blessed to be able to live out his dreams. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, you know, so I, I'm hoping to hopefully stay as closely connected to uh, all those people as I can. Um, you know, I, I think about my college years and I know you'd probably say the same and just the amount of people that, uh, I hope are going to be in my wedding and just at all these major milestones throughout the rest of my life. Um, it's such a tremendous privilege. And I, I don't think it really reflects at all on me, but just on these amazing people and uh, the impact that they have had on me. For sure. Every day I thank my coaches for recruiting my best friends because I have, <laughs> I now technically have like four nephews that I call my nephews. I am anti cam to all of them. And I have, <laughs> for three weddings that I've been in and it's just been an incredible experience. I mean, just literally shout out to Miami volleyball, giving me my best friends. And I'm sure you can say the same, like you did Absolutely. about yours as well. So yeah. it's, it's really cool. Sports is the coolest thing ever. And I love it. I refuse to ever walk away from it. I will forever be involved, whether it is through speaking at college athletes and in their FCAs, or it is writing about sports or being a journalist. It's, it really is incredible. So retweet to everything you said, and I encourage you to do the same because it's awesome. But Brayden, I will give you the final moment, the final mic drop. The stage is yours here. Any other last words of wisdom or gold nuggets that you might have to drop on the podcast today? You know, I don't have anything crazy, but uh, it is it is Easter weekend, I guess. At, right now, as we're recording, I know we're probably going to release it later. So uh, it's just been on uh, on my mind to just really reflect on that. And so I'm going to say this, if it's late April release, if it's May release, whenever it is, that uh, we're going to treat it like it's Easter weekend as you're hearing this and just really reflect on uh, what Christ really did for us and, and the depths of humility. Uh, the depths of love that that, that was and, and, and the depths of power and rising from the grave. So uh, I know that's been on my mind a lot this weekend. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's ever a bad time to reflect. So I don't care when you listen to this. It's not like, oh, Easter's past. So we can't reflect on this anymore. I think it's something we should do daily. But I know that seasonally, now that it is Easter weekend, it's something that's kind of on my mind and um, has been on my heart. So kind of want to close with that. Amen. Closing with what we started with, God is the king of plot twists. And hey, it's, it's an ESPN 30 for 30 if I ever saw it. So Absolutely. amen to that. Happy Easter. <laughs> Whenever you listen to this, <laughs> happy Easter. Britain, thank you so much again for hopping on the podcast. And welcome officially to the PWIFA Play with Repeat Our Family. Oh, thank you so much.
been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the PWIFA Play Where Your Feet Are podcast. We loved having Britton on, so we want to make sure you guys can stay connected with him. If you want to stay connected and follow him along, all those links are all down in the description so you guys can check him out and make sure you stay caught up with everything he's up to in life. And while you're on the socials, go ahead and find us on all of them. You can find us at Play Where Your Feet Are or at cam.dobbs on Instagram and all the socials are linked below as well so you guys can stay up to date on all the things PWIFA from merchandise to book things to podcasts to content and so much more don't miss a beat and make sure you're following us and I know you guys are watching here on YouTube or maybe you're listening on Spotify or Apple or whatever your preferred platform is but just a reminder that we are both streaming on all audio platforms for podcasting and here on YouTube so you can watch us or you can listen to us whatever you guys want to do but y'all till next time be blessed and play where your feet are